What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, George Truly. Jai Shields got a good show here for you on the second to last Saturday in the month of June, July, or excuse me, July, July 24th, the year 2021. Uh, get into the Dodgers struggling, and the Yankees are getting knocked around all over a Fenway Park. Uh, what about a week after I declared them dead, and then all of a sudden, you know, they took they uh, they took two of three. Uh, no, they didn't. They uh, they uh, and they ended up uh, sweeping the red. No, yeah, they took two or three from the Red Sox and Yankee Stadium last weekend, and now this weekend they got walked off on Thursday night. Uh, Garrett Cole got knocked around thanks to Rafael Devers on Friday night, and at the time I'm recording this show, they are down one to nothing. Uh, here in the uh, early afternoon, or excuse me, mid-late afternoon, uh, up at uh, Boston, uh, Massachusetts. I'll give you my uh, two cents on Cam Akers, the, uh, get a little bit of NFL uh, into the program. Cam Akers tearing his Achilles, give you my two cents on that, and the 2021 Rams uh, as we are approaching and, and uh, entering training camp for the 2021 football season and I will uh and I will be uh give you my firm take on the uh, NFL uh making uh ve- making life very hard for these unvaccinated uh for these unvaccinated football players that went out there on social media over this past week and showing their their complete stupidity ignorance and and just and and seriously just embarrassing themselves, their family, and the uh, and the country that is the United States states as far as you know, these these morons walking around here thinking that the rules don't apply to them, wanting everyone else to suffer all because they don't want to get a stupid needle in their arm. And I swear, stuff that they yeah. Yet these guys will yet these guys will sit in a tattoo shop. For hours upon hours upon hours upon hours on end to get needles of of uh, ink that that gives them hepatitis, whatever, and and could end up biting biting their health in the ass somewhere down the line and later in their lives. And they'll sit in a tattoo parlor parlor for hours to get some stupid asinine tattoo. But Christ forbid, we sit up in a doctor's office or their local pharmacy to get a uh, to get a needle to protect them from dying f- uh, from a deadly disease for two minutes, for two seconds. Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. Going to be a short monologue because you know not that much going on in sports. Uh, you know, Bucks won a championship. We uh, say good night to the NBA season until at least until. A free agency uh, starts. We say goodnight to the NBA for a while. Football training camp, you know, got a little bit of football uh, items to get to here in this program, but not too much of anything. But not too much of anything. Uh, as Pawecki hits a absolute bomb shot off the monster and left to give the Yankees a two nothing lead in the bottom of the second. Pawecki uh, with a uh, RBI double to extend the Red Sox lead to two nothing off of Italian. The uh, former pirate pitcher for the uh, Bronx Bombers, a ball left right out in the middle of the plate, and uh, if it was Yankee Stadium, if it was Yankee Stadium, that ball probably would have gotten out. 
uh, absolutely puts uh, wood on that ball. Oh, that ball! I mean, you can't te- you can't put it up, put it on a silver platter better than that. Anyway, I digress. Not that much going on in sports. You know, you got your baseball. Uh, if you are a baseball fan, you got your baseball. That's going to take you until October uh, with the postseason and the World Series. Other than that, you know, NBA kiss. We kiss the NBA. Uh, good night. Nobody cares about the Olympic uh, men's basketball team. Nobody cares, um, especially when there's a bunch of when there's a bunch of players on it that either got injured during the postseason and got eliminated, or fail, or unless you're Chris Middleton failed to win the NBA championship. Nobody cares about that. Um, a few NFL items. Aaron Rodgers. Eh, it is what it is with him. Uh, it's just whether or not if he want. It, it's just a question of whether or not he wants to play football or not. That's all this comes down to. And I and if he does decide he wants to play football, he's going to have to bite the bullet and play for the uh, for the Green Bay Packers at least one last time, at least one last season. Um, and when it comes to uh, and what else is going on? And Cam Akers, I get to that. But outside the NFL, really not much going on. And as we begin to open uh, training camp throughout the National Football League, um, you know, no, I'm not a hockey guy, so you're not going to hear me break down the. Uh, you're not going to hear me break down the um, the 2021 NHL draft. You're not going to hear me do that. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we'll see where the program uh, takes us. By the way, I will be going to, uh, I will be going to uh, Raven to uh, Ravens training camp on the morning on the morning of Thursday, July the 29th, uh, where I live here in the state of Maryland. I lit- I'm literally about five between. I'm literally like five minutes away from the uh, from the Ravens practice facility and not, and don't even have to get on I don't even have to get on a major major road I don't have to get on a uh, on a on a on the interstate nothing Look, 5 minute 5 minutes away from here is the Ravens practice is the Ravens practice facility so I will uh, do a little bit of uh correspondent I'll do a little bit of corresponding for the uh, for the uh, 2021 Ravens C uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, and uh, the wide the wide receiver out of uh, out of uh, uh, Minnesota that they drafted Patrick Patrick Queen uh, and the uh, Harbaugh um, uh, what's the uh, offensive coordinator's name so not in the football mood state of mind right now so you're gonna have to give me a minute um, what the hell is his name uh, the offensive coordinator. Uh, for the Ravens, what the hell is his name? Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, um, I will be at Ray. I will be at the uh, Ravens training camp practice come Thursday, uh, July the 29th. Greg Roman, that's his name. I knew. It. I told you it was gonna come to me. Greg Roman. Uh, so I get to see him, Harbaugh, um, uh, and then the uh, defensive coordinator's name, who also whose name also Wink Martindale. That's yeah, there you go. They say nah, now nah, I'm cooking with gas. So I get to see the 2021 uh, Ravens. Yours truly will come Thursday the 29th. Where we begin is the fact that I understand that I, that the better day for me to do this would have been Wednesday before it started. But in my honest opinion, you know, we should not under any circumstances be having. Uh, having the Olympics uh, up in uh, Tokyo, Japan, halfway around the world. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but 
That place is festering with COVID all over the place. You hear there's a ton of athletes uh, for that play for our country that had to bail out on the Olympics. Bradley Beal, uh, Coco Golf, just to name a two right off the, just to name two off the top of my head, uh, who had to who had to bail on participating and representing our country in the Olympics for their respective sports uh, because of the fact that they were infected with COVID, and that's not taking account into all these other players from all these other athletes from uh, these other countries around the world. That um you know that have to sit that have to sit out uh that have to sit out the twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one Olympics Olympics because of COVID Tokyo is festering with COVID all over the place I believe I'm not positive but they're prob it wouldn't shock me if they as a nation is probably still on un- still under a lock some sort of lockdown as we speak I I'm fully aware that I'm fully aware that um uh, I'm fully aware that um that uh that with the vet with the vaccine situation over there you know we leave, which is another reason why i get so pissed off when when the uh when the when the deandre hopkins and the cole beasley's of the world don't want to take the vaccine uh, go go spend this part of the go spend this part of uh history and time over in Japan and, and see and see if you ever see the light of day again and live your own regular lives. You know, Japan is behind the eight ball as far as as far as COVID and vaccine situation is and vaccine distribution and everything else. Their their country is festering with COVID all over the place. I believe they went they went under a state of emergency not too long before the Olympics started and and the uh, and people of the Olympic Committee came out and said that they could cancel uh, that they could abruptly cancel the olympics at any time they're going to be playing these events the swimming the gymnastics the basketball the volleyball all of these summer olympic sports they're going to you know they're going to be played in in front of nobody and you know how and you know how well uh the american sports fan uh just absolutely loved watching games uh, watching games with watching games with no fa- with no fans in the building outside outside of the NFL in which you had a, in which you had fans in a couple of state in a couple of stadiums here here and there and just and thus just because the NFL is like so big in its religion in this country that you know I you know I said to myself we I said to myself week one of this past football season last year that with all the games going on at the same time and you have you know, with the with the Sunday ticket and and everybody and all the you know all the people for the for the Fox and the CBS pregame, they're in the studio with each other, not not uh doing a broadcast via Zoom, and the announcers are and the announcers are in the and the announcers, although like six kept six feet apart from each other in the broadcast booth, as Kike Hernandez will uh, hit a fly ball to end the inning in the bottom of the second inning as the Red Sox strand runners on first and second to close out the second. Um but you know the broadcast the broadcasters were were in the broadcast booth. They weren't broadcasting games from a studio. Um and he ha- and Scott and Scott Hansen was doing NFL Red Zone in the NFL Network studios and all the games were going on at the same time. It felt like that times were normal especially during you know I I understand that Kansas City a few days before had people in the building but you know but you know not at but uh, you know for the Ravens for example the place the place was empty uh Ravens and Browns week 1 so it felt like 
that it felt like that everything was normal at least during at least during the football at least uh during the football season but the baseball season of course around around this time last year the baseball season uh just was just was uh just was uh, beginning to start and just was uh, uh beginning their 2020 season no fans in every single stadium you looked at with uh, with the tarp with the sponsorship tarps all over the seats and the cardboard cutouts and the NBA playing playing in that in that septic non-energetic bubble down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, NHL this NHL the same thing. Their bubbles up in uh, up in Canada, and the ratings for those three sports especially took a huge, 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 huge major hit. Uh, and part of because of the fact that just the energy, you know, if you're if you're a sports fan like your if you're a sports fan like yours, truly a diehard sports fan, you watch the games and you enjoy them because it's sports on TV and you're a sports fan. And although you'd like to have energy in these in the venues in which the games take place in, once you get once you get past it, at some point, it's not the end of the that's not the end of the world. Um, but, but the ratings, you go back and look at the ratings, the ratings suffered in large part because you had, in large part because you had no atmosphere in the, in the majority of, in the majority of the games, you know, the NFL, the Super Bowl had, had, uh, was, uh, was 50% capacity with fans in it, but they didn't reach their typical hundred plus, uh, hundred plus, uh, million viewers across across the nation and that was the game between then that was the game between arguably the two biggest stars this league has to offer in Mahomes and Mahomes and Tom in Mahomes and Tom Brady Bucks trying to win their first championship in 18 years and and the Chiefs trying to repeat so it's and and they failed to crack over 100 million a uh, hundred million to watch the Super Bowl and they and and the, and the NFL gets gets those numbers in their sleep but it's going to be hard for me, especially the fact you have to deal with the time zone and that and that Japan is halfway across the world, not like a five, not like a five or three or or two hour, um, you know, time difference compared to Rio in 2016 or or London in two and or London in 2012. It's just it's going to be super hard to get into the Olympics. And, you know, even if there was no COVID and was no pandemic. I could care less with the freaking Olympics. God bless Simone Biles and what she does in the gymnastics field, but I wouldn't watch uh, the gymnastics, men or women's. If uh, if you put it in my backyard, I'd draw the blinds. Uh, you know, the uh, especially, especially during this time of the year where you had NBA uh, playoff basketball in the summer months and off and for the and for the majority of the month of July, the season is only a couple of days old. So I am not going to be able to get into when we when we just crowned a champion a few days ago on a Tuesday night. I'm not going to be able to put the pom poms and go gaga uh, over uh, Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton for the U.S. for the Team USA Olympic basketball team. When I saw Kevin Durant play play uh, play a playoff game in the Brooklyn Nets, in, when if his toe wasn't on the three point line. The Nets probably would have been in the NBA Finals, and not the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, Dame Lillard does nothing for me either when he uh, when he had no help to work with uh, when his Portland Trailblazers got beat uh, got beat in the I believe was that the first round? Yeah, in the first round against the uh, Denver against the Denver Nuggets back in June. 
and Chris Middleton, when I saw him win an NBA championship uh, on Tuesday, does nothing for me uh, watching him trying to win a gold medal when, when everyone expects the USA to win gold medals on, on an Olympiad year-in, year-out basis. And... And the same thing goes for the tennis either. I'm not, and I'm not a real big tennis fan. But if I was, I, but if I was, um, I'm not going to be able to go wave the pom poms and go crazy for tennis players winning winning Olympic gold, especially the big time, uh, especially the big time, the uh, the big the big time tennis players like you know the Serena Williams of the world and even basketball. You know LeBron James is going to show up in tennis. Serena Williams is going to show up. Me personally, if those two don't show up, that tells me all I need to know about how minimal and how uh, and how just in inimportant the 2020 postponed to 21. Uh, summer Olympic games are. I mean, if Serena ain't going to show up, and if LeBron ain't going to show up, and those two's le- and those two's le- and those two individuals' uh, legacies as all-time greats in their respective sports means a lot. Mo- means a lot more. You know, Serena w- Serena winning Wimbledon's and U.S. Opens and French Opens means a lot more than her winning Olympic gold. As far as her legacy is concerned, and LeBron James winning NBA Finals means a lot more when it comes to legacy than uh, winning Olympic gold in basketball is concerned. But in my eyes, before they would have started the whole, before they would have even started the ceremonies and everything else, they they should have canned. They should have canned the Olympics. Shouldn't have had them. And if you and if you were so hell bent on having them, and I understand that the IOC doesn't want to have to give NBC their money back and everything else because that's what it is. It's American TV. It's the American. TV money from NBC, I and and the streaming rights with uh, with Peacock and NBC Sportsnet and NBC and everything else. I understand all that, but but you know if you were hell bent on having it and didn't want to give the money back, I understand it's last minute. It's last minute notice, but they they they. I mean, you got to find a country that and that you know, that somewhat that's somewhat in better standing as far as COVID is concerned. Where you know one bad thing goes wrong, and all of a sudden it the the thing spreads like wildfire, and you, ha- and you have to abruptly you know cancel the Olympics with uh, with uh, with athletes that with athletes that that are visiting there that participate in the games but don't have to but don't live there have to quarantine for an X amount of time before they can get on a chartered flight and fly. Uh, seventeen hours back to United, back to the states, or to Canada, or wherever uh, they may, wherever those players may come from. But I don't think they should have had it. Myself, I think they should have. Uh, they should have said the hell with it. I understand it's it's a tough spot that it's a part of uh, Americana as far as the uh, sports sports and and entertainment landscape is concerned. And you know this this is uh, you know for Simone. For the Simone Bileses of the world and 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 the swimmers and everybody else, this is the, this is in essence their Super Bowl where the lights shine the brightest and when they get the most attention is when they is when they participate on American network uh, television in the Olympics. But but I just don't think with all the health risks that risks that are that are involved in all of this. Along with the fact that there's that there's going to be a very depressing and uh, and uh, and just dreary look with these athletes participating with nobody in the in the stands and 
and fans draping themselves in their country's flag and singing along to their uh, country's national anthems uh, during the uh, during the gold during the gold during the medal ceremony. It's just eh, it, it's it's going to be hard for people to get into it. In my honest opinion, if you are the Chris Middletons of the world or the Devin Booker's of the world, why in the world that why in the world would you want to after if in Middleton's case just accomplished just accomplished uh, your biggest achievement of your professional career that you probably spent up all hours of the night dreaming and worrying and stressing yourself out about, and that's winning an NBA championship. You win an NBA championship, you have the parade, and rather than essentially just just welling in it and uh, and and just engulfing yourselves in the uh, in the in the Milwaukee fan base and in the city of Milwaukee, where you'll be treated where you'll be treated like a god. A god uh, for the for the next few months, for the rest of the summer at least, and rather than rather than uh, rather than dwell in your um in your um in the in your stage of being a uh, in your stage of being a, a city icon, you hop on a plane and go halfway around the world to play in, to play in the Olympics, in which you know if in which if you in the in which if you win it. No, no. A, no one will really remember it. B, nobody will really care. And C, it's not as important to uh, Chris Middleton winning Olympic gold for the country means means uh, means a hell of a lot less than uh, me, me. Excuse me, means less than uh, than the impact Chris Middleton would has on the city of Milwaukee for helping them win their first NBA championship in fifty years. And the same thing with Devin Booker. You know, nobody, you know, I'm not going to forget, uh, I'm not going to forget when, De and I'm going to look it up, uh, and I'm going to uh, pull it up, uh, Devin Booker's, um, Devin Booker's numbers, uh, Devin Booker's numbers in, uh, throughout the NBA Finals, but you know, if he, if he helps the U.S. win Olympic, if he helps the U.S. win Olympic gold, you know, I am still. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forget, nor should I forget, and and I'm not going to essentially have that. You know, get rid of the fact that in game, in game, uh, in game three against against Milwaukee on the eleventh, he was absolutely atrocious, scoring ten points, shooting twenty one percent from the field. Fourteen percent from three, and and uh, and was apps and was and was and shot sixty percent from the free throw line. Him winning Olympic gold does not, does not make me forget the fact, and does not uh, and does not um, evaporate his pathetic performance in Game Three and Game Three of the NBA Finals and his mediocre performance. In uh in game in game six when he could have when he could have done a lot better to help Phoenix force a game seven, but that's how I look at it as we begin this Saturday afternoon slash evening slash night slash Sunday uh, edition of your favorite sports talk podcast program. Just getting started. Talk some baseball. The Dodgers and the Yankees are two teams I want to harp on as we begin today's show. Back in a flash, this is the Amatel Like a TI. This is the Amatel Like a TIS podcast.
Welcome back to the Amateur Like a T.I.S. podcast. Boy, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal song. I'm switching gears now to Major League Baseball. I got two teams I want to give you my commentary here during during this current during this current segment. But before I do today, uh, July 24th uh, is the anniversary, the 38 year anniversary of the famous uh, Pine Tar game. That of course was a regular season game in '83 between the between the Royals and the between the Royals and the Yankees, in which George Brett hit a two run, hit a uh, go ahead hit a go ahead two run home run top of the ninth inning against the Yankees at the old Yankee Stadium, and he was uh, called out because he had too much pine tar on the bat. Uh, the you know you have a rule. There's a rule in the sport where you only am- allowed a certain amount of pine tar on the bat and. And hit the pine tar was all the way up around the Louisville Slugger logo of the uh, of the baseball bat, and uh, Billy Martin, then uh, Yankees manager at the time, Billy Martin, told the umpires to look at it. They did. Saw he had too much pine tar on it and called him out. As a result, Brett went crazy, charging towards the umpires. Had to be restrained by like three people. Uh, and because it was the top of the ninth, and prior to Brett's home run, they were trailing four to three with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, he Brett was called out, and the Yankees ended up winning the game four to three. Royals protested the game, went to the American League office. Back then, back then, uh, back then you had the American, the 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 American and National Leagues, and in a way, sort of operated. In a way, in a way, operated uh, as their own, as their own um, separate baseball league, so to speak. Now they all had to abide by the by the nationwide MLB rules and regulations and things of that nature. But you had American league, but you had, but you had you know American league presidents and National League presidents. So they so they so both of the leagues acted very much more independently uh now than they do then uh or excuse me then than they do now nowadays there's no difference between the American League and National League it's just the way that we divide uh divide major league baseball into uh, into two groups of teams and the only difference between the two other than the two different groups of teams that we have is the fact that the American League has has the DH and has a has their own little unique rule when it comes to DHs and everything else in the National League uh, does not. But the 38-year anniversary of that famous game and that famous incident and Brett going crazy a whole nine yards was on this day, July 24th, 1983. The Royals ended up protesting the game. Uh, Lee Lee McPhail, who was the American League president at the time, uh, 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 they won. The, the Royals ended up winning their protest. McPhail ordered that the game were to be continued after Brett's home run. Game was resumed 25 days later on August the 18th, and the Royals and the Royals ended up winning the game by the final score of five to four. The Pine Tar game on this day. 1983, 38 years ago today. But the two teams I want to talk about Major League Baseball-wise in 2021, and I want to give my two cents, uh, want, want to give you my two cents on it, is the LA Dodgers and the New York Yankees. We'll do a, a little bit of a status report 
and a check-in on the Yankees after I declared them dead last Saturday in a minute. But how about the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have hit the who you know have hit their second uh, second little rough stretch of this se- second little uh, rough, sh- rough rough stretch? Excuse me. This season, you know they they start they started out they started out the season very uh very sh- very shaky and mid and mid late April and now and and now here at this uh, as we approach the All Star break and well into the second half of the season where the games are starting to matter a little bit more than the ones in May than the ones in April and May do. Um, they've hit. They've hit a little bit of a rough. They hit a little bit of a rough stretch. They lost three of. They let's just go back to their series against the Marlins earlier in the month, in which they lost uh, three of. In which they lost uh, three of four uh, at the uh, at the Marlins in Miami. And now you know they took care of business, taking two or three from the Diamondbacks, two out of three from the Rockies. But ever since their lo- Rocky loss, uh, when they lost to the Rockies six to five. Uh, a few days. Uh, what day was that game? Um, on July the twenty. What day is that? July the eighteenth. Excuse me. Well, ever since July the eighteenth, the Dodgers have hit have hit the wall. You know they they what they won a game via a Will Smith walk off home run earlier in the week when they beat the Giants in Dodger Stadium earlier this past week, 8-6 to six, via a Will Smith walk-off home run. But outside of that, they have really not played well under any circumstances. Lost to the Rockies in Colorado 6-5 to five on the 18th. Lost that first game of the series against the Giants 7-2. Um, lost to the game after the Will Smith home run. Uh, after the Will Smith home run four, uh, uh, after the Will Smith home run four to two, uh, and then of course they uh, lose the last game of the series by the final score of of uh, five to three. And if you go back and if you look, and here's the here's the I mean here's the overall idea about the Dodgers. The Dodgers back into the bullpen. As a matter of fact, they're pitching in general. Uh, is has been an Achilles has been an absolute Achilles heel for him, especially because of Jansen. You know Jansen, who got booed off the mound at Dodger Stadium a few days ago. You know he has not. I understand his ERA is a two point one five, but an uh, ERA was a two point one five in his uh, relief appearance. But in two thousand twenty one, and I understand that he's got he's got fifth best fifth best saves, but you know for a close, you know if you're a starting pitcher. You can get if you're a starting pitcher, you can get away with having a th- a three. If you're a starting pitcher with an ERA of three point oh five, you're pretty you're pretty you're you're pretty good. You're pretty you know you're you're nice. You're a de- you're a decent starting pitcher. But as a bullpen guy, let alone a closer whose job is supposed to come whose job is supposed to come into a game and shut down the lineup one two three and and uh, and not and not give up a run and and, and allow as Little base runners as possible. A three point oh five ERA for a closer is 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 alarming. I mean, let's call it like we see it. You know, if you go back and you look at his previous at his at his previous outings, you know, he pitched he went in he went a third of an he went a third of an inning on the twenty first against the Giants, gave up three hit gave up three hits, three runs, a home run, walked two batters, and then on the twenty second on Thursday in which the Dodgers lost five to th- uh, when which the Dodgers lost 
uh, lost a five to th- lost five to three. He went two. He went two innings, two thirds of an inning, gave up four hits on four runs, uh, and walk and walked two batters. I mean, for 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 a player, and I understand he's a World Series champion, and and historically he's a pretty good closer. I'm, I understand all that, and good closers uh, in this league are hard to come by. I understand all that. They're a dime a dozen. I get that, but at the same time, if you are a Dodger fan. Uh, you can you have to be worried. You know, and I understand Dave Roberts was was bent out of shape about the fact that the uh, you know he clearly has not lost confidence in Jansen, saying that he's going to stick with them as their closer. And I understand he was bent out of shape that the Dodger fan was booing him off the mound the other night. But but let's be honest, you know, the the Dodgers are looking to repeat. The the L A Dodgers are are looking to prove to everyone across the sport and in America that they that the two thousand and twenty a championship wasn't a, wasn't a fluke because they played sixty games. They're look they're looking to repeat. They the Dodger fan want, wants uh, wants an opportunity for their team to win a World Series during a regular six month one hundred and sixty two game season in front of people in the building where they're not playing World Series games in Arlington, Texas. They're playing World Series games in Dodger Stadium. So they, you know, they want to repeat. They aren't just after thirty, after thirty plus years of suffering. They're not gonna. They are not gonna be content with winning one single little championship in in the shortest season in the history of the sport. They want. They want a championship that that's that's going to have a little bit of sizzle behind it. You know, like like all their other uh, Dodger championships throughout the eighties and in Dodger seasons past. And they are a little. And don't blame them if they're a little restless when Kenley Jansen. Is struggling to get outs against a hated division rival, San Francisco Giants, whom who whom outside of the outside of the giant orange and black in in the city of San Francisco, nobody, and I mean nobody in America, unless you are a giant homer or within the giant organization that believed in yourself once uh, once camp began uh, in February. Nobody expected the San Francisco Giants to be one of, if not the best team in the National League, hell, in the in all of Major League Baseball, and sitting at and sitting in first place come mid to late July of the 2021 season, when the Dodgers are world, or when the Dodgers are uh, defend, are trying to defend their title, and the Padres are knocking on the door, one of the hottest teams in baseball that had a lot of buzz and a lot of juice and a lot of hype surrounding them after the off season, after the, after the off season that they had, and making the postseason uh, in the 2020 60 game shortened season. So, so I'm not. So I'm gonna give the Dodger fan a break, and if, and they're paying money to go out there and watch them play, and a team that's looking to win championships, you know, having a closer that that's given that's you know that walks batters, gets knocked around the ballpark left and right, and is getting taken and is getting taken deep by uh, Wilmer Flores. That's that's going to be tough to stomach for a fan for a. Uh, for a fan base that's looking to win, that's looking to win championships, and they know that if that if Jansen is not on his game come, come October, I don't care how well Kershaw and Bueller and anybody else wearing the Dodger blue is 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 playing. Could care less about how how about how well Justin Turner or Mookie Betts is hitting. If they don't have Jansen locking down games in in the in the back end of their bullpen in the ninth inning with a with a one two three run lead, the Dodgers are finished.
Okay, they you know they can they cannot afford to have a or the Dodger fan does not want to have their season does not want to have their season uh, end abruptly because of the fact because of the fact that because Kenley Jansen hangs a hangs a breaking ball over the heart of the plate for uh, for Wilmer Flores or or for um, or for Wilmer Flores or Bryce Harper or or Francisco Lindor or for um or for Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis or for Eric Hosmer they hit 15 feet over the fence they don't they don't want that and they expect better from that and they should you know i you know and the i understand that the Dodgers are hit, are are a uh, historic franchise and every our historic franchise franchise holds a lot of pizzazz within the sports market in the city of LA but you know they but their fans have a right to have a right to hold to hold their team to a standard they went 30 plus years without a championship they finally win one they don't want it to be another 30 years before they before they win another championship so again they're not going to be able to stomach you know Jansen collapsing in the top of the ninth inning in Dodger Stadium, or or in a or in a road playoff, or in a road playoff game in front of a in front of a sold out crowd at Petco Park or or Oracle Park or 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 in uh, or in, in Miller Park in Milwaukee or at City Field against the Mets. They they don't want they don't want to ha- they don't want to have to stomach that. You know, one have to stomach. You know, on a uh, on a weekend or weekday October evening, seeing Jansen piss away a piss away a three run lead in the top of the, or the bottom of the ninth inning if they're on the road. They don't want to have to deal with that. And he and the Dodgers pitching staff in general have been have missed the mark. Kershaw, the Dodgers are are going to be very cautious with Kershaw. They don't want to burn him out. Uh, they they don't want to burn him out when they know they're going to need him deep in the postseason. He hasn't, you know, he his starts have been few and far in between. We all know the situation with Bauer. He's probably never going to pitch in a Dodger uniform again. Uh, you know, so their pitching has just their pitching has been lackluster. If you go back and you look, you know, the you know they've they've hit a, you know, and when game in the games they lose, it's because their pitching it's because their pitching doesn't hold up. You know, against the Rockies, they allowed the Rockies to score six runs. Against the against the, their first loss of the series against the Giants, the Giants scored seven runs. The, you know, the, their second loss of that series against the Giants, they, the Giants scored four runs. Their last uh, loss of the Giants series, the Giants scored five. And then their loss against the Rockies on Friday night, last night, they lost nine to six. You allowed the Colorado Rockies come into your building and score nine runs. I mean, that for a Rocky team that's, re, that's rebuilding and Trevor Story is going to be gone come this time next Saturday. I mean that's a joke. The, the Dodgers are Dodgers are a little bit better than that. I understand it that that it's a long season and yeah, it's the Evan flows a 162 game season. But the Dodgers have got to have got to play better than that. They got to pitch and the back end of their bullpen has got to be able to hold up, especially Jansen. A 3.05 ERA as a closer is pathetic. I mean, you you'd expect more from Jansen. You got to be honest. And I under and I understand, and I and I'm fully aware, and I understand that the that the Dodgers got screwed on a check swing that that should have been called strike three, strike three, third out, game over, uh, against against the Giants on uh, on th- on Thursday night. I understand that, but but Jansen, a, a world a World Series champion closer. 
who who was very spotty in the world in the World Series against the Rays. Go ask uh, Brett Phillips and Randy Rosarena and Kevin Cash. Uh, you know who was who was very spotty in the world in the World Series, like he like he has been for the last uh, what for during the last. Uh, three World Series appearances that the Dodgers have found themselves in in 2020, 2018 against uh, against the Red Sox, and then in 2017 against the uh, against the cheating, despicable, uh, hapless not hapless but the cheating, despicable, untrustworthy uh, Houston Astros. So I mean, so what? So it, so it's not like I understand he's a world championship closer, but it's not like that. That Kenley Jansen has been, you know, Mariano has been Mariano Rivera out there on out there on the mound. He he has been spotty in numerous amount of closing opportunities, whether it be regular season in the World Series playoffs whatever he's been he's been spotty and again i understand that the giants got screwed when they lost five to three again or excuse me the dodgers got screwed when they lost to the giants five to three the other night that was a check swing pitiful bad call by the umpire should have been strike three and the dodgers should have been should have uh and the dodgers should have won that game and and split the giants two two uh in dodger stadium earlier in the work week i get i get that and i understand all that but you know it's not it's not the umpire's fault that Jansen you know allows that allows that moment to to overwhelm him and he and he allows the Giants to come to come back and win the game five to make a make a comeback and win the game five to three you know it, I understand they got that that, that that they got a bad break but you know it, but at the same time it's part of it's part of sport you know it's he 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 did he got the loss and he got credited with the blown save I mean four hits. Four hits, four runs, two, and you, and you walk two batters. I mean, come on. I understand that the that the ref that you got not ref, you got to do with the umpires. I get that, but it, it, come on, you get, do do a little bit better than that. Come on, Jansen. You're playing on the world champion. You're playing on the world champion. You're playing on the world champion Dodgers for crying out loud. I mean, I understand you got a bad, you got a bad rap and a bad call from the umpires, but you, but the great, but the great closer has has the shortest has the shortest memory and is able to put whatever uh, bad call, non call, or uh, or or hit or home run, whatever is able to put it behind them, move on to the next batter and get the job done in spite of whatever uh, types of adversity you may face. But the Dodgers and the back end of the bullpen, Jansen, whole nine yards, they got to get themselves together or else, you know, the, the, the division could get away from them quick. And if they're not careful, they could be looking at playing a playing and wanting a uh, a winner takes all, winning your end, you lose, you go home, wild card game, maybe even be on the road against either the Giants or the uh, against either the Giants or the San Diego Padres. But the uh, but the Los Angeles Dodgers and the bullpen have to get themselves together, or else this season could uh, get not get away from them quick. But it, but it, but they could put themselves in a situation where they could have a very, very, very difficult path on repeating as World Series champions uh, here in 2021. Another team uh, that I want to dissect here is the New York Yankees, who at the time that I declared them dead uh, last Saturday, last uh, Saturday uh, afternoon, last Saturday night, 
have, you know, I was nervous because, you know, once I declared them dead, they ended up salvaging uh, and winning two of three against the Red Sox on the uh, at home at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Garrett Cole pitched well. They the, the Yankees for once showed tremendous guts and toughness uh, and stick to itiveness by beating the Red Sox in a you know in a in an absolute monsoon at Yankee Stadium last Saturday night. Took care of business against the Red Sox. They were they were hitting the ball out the ballpark and could do no wrong offensively. Uh, last uh, last Sunday night, uh, last Sunday night against. Against the Red Sox, they take uh, they uh, sweep the uh, Phillies in a short two-game series uh, during the week against the Phillies and a nice and, a, and including a walk-off uh, including a walk-off victory uh, against uh, their old manager Joe Girardi and company. The Phillies are another un- underachieving uh, team in the National League whose bullpen uh, has been their Achilles' heel and and is absolutely an, an eyesore to watch if you're a Phillies or a baseball fan. They're another one, but it took care of business against the very mediocre and and uh, and uh, and uh, underachieving Phillies. So now the Yankees are riding a four a little nice little four game win streak, uh, a nice little four game win streak heading into uh, heading into their series against the Red Sox on uh or uh, on Thursday a few days ago and when you, and you know they had nice little pitcher nice little pitchers duel you have a little rain delay in the mix but then lo and behold and lo and behold their bullpen uh and Chad Green raises and raises this ugly head again i mean i swear if i see Chad Green uh pitch again in another high tense high pressure situation against top heavy against top heavy conver- uh competition uh, for the New York Yankees, for the New York Yankees again uh, in the immediate future, I'm a flip. I mean, it's nice. It's just no excuse. I mean, I understand that you want that. You know that Chapman has had control issues, and you know, and over, and essentially since uh, late June, early July, he's been an absolute liability to the to the team's success. I get that, but my goodness gracious, you know, you'd rather have Chapman. Get the three outs the hard way. Get the three outs the hard way, and if he hits a batter or walks the ballpark, you'll live with it. I understand that I'm speaking at from at, from a uh, from a perspective. I'm not a Yankee fan, so you know who am I? But I'd much rather deal with Chapman. You know, be unhittable when he hit when he hit, when he puts the ball in the strike zone than deal with Chad Green, who serves up who serves up meatballs and cookies on a silver platter for the for the Rafael Deverses of the world to, to smack all over uh smack all over the Fenway Park outfield and blow, and or the Jose Altuve's of the world in minute made to to blow saves and to make and to and to blow leads for uh for the Yankees every single time he every single time he steps up to the every single time he toes the rubber to pitch I mean my good I mean my goodness gracious. I mean enough of enough of Chad Green in high in high tense high pressure situations. I understand we could kill Brooks uh, Brooks Krisky too who could you know who had issues who had issues throwing the ball to the catcher's glove. You know, he threw like he threw he threw four wild pitches, four wild pitches. Uh, for the Yankees the other night, I believe that is, I mean, I mean, something, one of the more, I mean, the most unheard of stat in the sport you can ever think of where he threw wild pitches, spiking the ball in the dirt 
air mailing the catcher. So I so picking on him is you know, plus he's Brooks Krisky, you know who what yeah Brooks Krisky and picking on him would be uh would be low hanging fruit as the New York Yankees somehow some way put together a four run. You heard me right, a four run top of the eighth inning. Not by smacking the ball out of the ballpark, but getting bloop singles down the down the right field line near the pesky pole, and uh, a nice little uh, Rugnet Odor had had a nice little double off the monster, uh, off the monster and left. And next thing you know, and that and now Adam Adovino, who came in in relief of uh, of uh, what's his face Nathan Avaldi who who went set who went seven and two thirds and had an absolutely phenomenal performance he who has not uh Adam Adovino the former Yankee uh reliever who has now spit the bit and has uh absolutely urinated a uh a Red Sox lead here in the eighth inning and now the uh Yankees up four to three so the Yankees once again are showing some guts showing some toughness and showing some tick and showing some stick to but Prior to this afternoon's game on this Saturday, they've been up. I mean, they've been absolutely atrocious. Rafael Devers goes deep on Friday night. Uh, takes uh, took um, Garrett Cole deep in the bottom of the fifth inning, a part of a three-run uh, fifth, a uh, part of a three-run fifth inning for the Red Sox. And then, of course, um, Devers goes deep again, and the Red Sox added a little more in the bottom of the seventh inning as the Red Sox took care of business against the Yankees, a six to two in which the Yankees could not hit. They went one of a one of nine with runners in scoring position and left eleven guys on base. But back to Chad Green, it's the same story with Chapman. You know what the going with when you, your ERA is over three and you're supposed to be one of the uh, one of the uh, steady. Guys that can hold leads and supposed to be virtually unheadable to set up situations for your closer and the in the latter innings of the ball game when you're part of the back end of the bullpen ERA over three is not good and not anything to write home about and is very 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 concerning, you know. In his last seven appearances, his ERA is five point four zero. Chad Green now. 5.40 in his last seven appearances for the Yankees coming out of the bullpen. You know, and his, against the Red Sox in the three games he's pitched, he's, go, he's gone three innings of work, three three and one-third innings of work, giving up seven hits on six runs and, he, and, a, and a home run, and he's walked the batter. In the month of July, he's pitched 10 innings, giving up eight hits, six runs, six, six runs, eight hits, a home run, and two walks. I mean, Chad, I mean, come on. I mean, Chad Green. I mean, enough. Aaron Boone is putting Chad Green in in these high-tense, high-pressure situations. He's, it's literally no different than the or, than the Orioles manager, Brandon Hyde, sticking in Tanner, whether it be Tanner Scott, uh, whether it be Tanner Scott, Cole Sulzer, uh, Cesar Valdez, the the uh, the the aforementioned the aforementioned closer in the in the er, in the earlier stages, uh, in the earlier months of the season, whatever it might be, putting in these garbage relief pitchers who have proven to you time and time and time and time and day in and day out and time and time and time again that when that when it, when when they have to answer the bell and intense. High pressure situations where they have to either where they either have to keep the game tied or keep or have the, or maintain the Orioles lead the two runs and and shut down the opposition's uh, bats 
they fail to do so. And every single time they fail to do so, for whatever the reason, Brandon Hyde still throws them out there and throws them into the fire like he doesn't know what's what's fitting about when like like he does know what's what's about to happen. You know, the definition of definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. The only difference is that the is that the Orioles are tanking and the Yankees are supposed to be a World Series contending franchise, which is why when Aaron Boone slips up, it's glorified more, it's talked about more, and it's made a bigger deal more than Brandon Hyde literally doing the exact same thing Boone does, but it's magnified more because Boone manages for the Yankees and the, and the Yankees are supposed to be contending and the Orioles are sitting in the basement of the American League East. But it's still it's still the it's still the same concept. I mean, how many times does it, does it have to be proven to you that Chad Green, as of lately, has not been able to answer the bell in the high tense and or excuse me in a, in the tense high pressure situations? Whether it be giving up, whether it be giving up a go ahead home run to uh, Altuve on his birthday back in early May on, at Yankee Stadium, whether it be giving giving up a walk off home run to Altuve the Sunday before the All Star break. Or whether it be getting knocked around and bl- and, bl- and blowing the save in the bottom of the ninth inning against the Red Sox on Thursday, I mean for whatever the reason, the New York Yankees have just uh, with their with their bullpen, especially in Chad Green. I mean you, you got to do better than that, guys. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. You cannot expect to contend or make any run or prove the or prove the Jai Shields and the Chris Russos of the world wrong. Th- you know, with uh, with the mindset of thinking that you all are that that you all are that your that your season is is essentially over and your World Series and your World Series uh, hopes and aspirations are in the toilet when your bullpen when your bullpen fails to hold on to a lead in the latter in the latter innings of a game and when you and when you're struggling you can't hit with runners in scoring position and I got Giancarlo Stanton uh, in the in the uh, in the later innings of the game on Thursday night, swinging, swinging as if he's a, as if he's attempting a bunker shot in 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 you know in a in in the on the we, like he's attempting a bunker shot and through like he's on the back nine at the Masters down at Augusta when you know I got Jim Collins standing swinging at balls that's down at his feet. Like, you know, I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, that doesn't help your causes either, along with the fact that Garrett Cole, who pitched pretty decently up until that bottom of the fifth inning against the, against the Red Sox when Devers took him deep. And Devers took and Devers took the Yankees deep twice, and all, and not to mention their offense struggling with runners from scoring position. And that's how the Yankees drop can best the best they can do uh, is split, which from a Yankees perspective is not good enough when you have a lot of catching up to do, and you have these and you have these games in the earlier stages of the second half of the season against divisional opponents. Splitting, the, I understand you took two of three from them in your own ballpark uh, last weekend, but still, to, to really send a message and to really make me sweat and make me want to eat crow and eat my words and make me look like an idiot, uh, make me look like an idiot by uh, trying to prove me wrong, splitting the, New York, splitting the Boston Red Sox on the road is not the way to do it. I mean... I mean, I mean, again, they could prove me wrong, and they had a nice little four-game winning streak prior to Green and Brooks Kriske, who couldn't find the strike zone if you if you put it two feet in front of them. I understand all that, but the Yankees, I still think, are in trouble. You know, if the best you can do 
best you can do against your hated division rival Red Sox is is split a four game series with them on the road. There's still plenty of question marks. You still got to do a lot more. You still got to do a lot more throughout the second half of the season. In my eyes, in my eyes, to prove to me that 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 you're serious about contending for a championship. If the best you can do is split the Red Sox on the road, I'm sorry. Whether it be Garrett Cole getting lit up by Devers, or uh, whether it be Garrett Cole getting lit up by Devers, or or Chad Green and Brooks Krisky vomiting all over themselves on the uh, on the Fenway uh, Park on that hit, on that historic Fenway Park mound up in uh, up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. You gotta do a little bit better than that if you want if you want to prove the giant shields of the world differently in thinking and saying that you are indeed dead as you're as a as a uh, as a team for the 2021 season dead that's where you stand with the yankees and the dodgers i'm telling tis podcast back after the Welcome back to the I'm Telica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the NFL, which will be the subject of conversation to close out this weekend's program. And we begin first with Cameron Akers. Cam Akers, the running back for the LA Rams, who suffered a torn Achilles. Who suffered a torn Achilles uh, who suffered a torn Achilles uh, during uh, while working out. And is expected to miss the uh, and is expected to miss the entire 2021 uh, NFL season. Uh, this is a this is a huge 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 blow to the Rams because the Rams are a football team that relies on their running game that relies on their running game a lot. And you know when you had Todd Gurley sitting there and you made the Super Bowl with Tom with Todd Gurley and now of course with Cam Akers and the reason why the Rams got to the divisional round of the playoffs is because of the of uh, Cam Akers' play. Um this is a huge huge blow to the to the Rams and uh and their uh and their chances of possibly making a Super Bowl run in 2020 in 2021 I for one am not that high uh, on the Rams myself even before the Acres injury because um because you know you get Jared Goff who I voiced my opinion time and time and time again who I was not a huge fan of under any circumstances um you you have you have Jared Goff sitting there you get rid of him but then you replace them with Matthew Stafford. I mean, in, in my estimation, I don't think that's much. That's, I don't think that's much of an improve. As much as this is it just getting Jared Goff out of town because the relationship between he and McVay was not a warm and fuzzy one. Uh, but it's just that yeah, I, I don't look at I don't really look at Matthew Stafford as an upgrade, and I don't and I don't care. I don't care about. I don't care about his numbers in Detroit. I don't want to hear any excuses. 
about, well, Matthew Stafford is underrated. Matthew Stafford's underappreciated. Matthew Stafford, you put him in a right environment with this, that, and the other. He's going to win a Super Bowl MVP candidate. Garbage. Nonsense. Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is a quarterback that is at best going to lead, at best, going to lead the Los Angeles Rams to winning, at best, nine or t- nine to ten games this season. At best, get win them maybe nine or ten games and lose in the playoffs in the first round. This is a, this is a player that in my this is this is a player that's never won a playoff game and is that's never won a playoff game in his life. Okay, and all fa- in all fairness to Jared Goff, and all fairness to Jared Goff, he at least at least at least. Got to a Super Bowl and outplayed, albeit they got help from ref ball, outplayed Drew Brees in an AFC championship game. At least Jared Goff, who you all that listen to me know I'm not a huge fan of, at least he has that on his resume. At least Jared Goff has that. Matthew Stafford has nothing. And and I'm not trying to make Jared Goff out to be uh, out to be Kurt Warner, but let's be honest, J- what is Matthew Stafford? And I don't want to hear any excuses about well he played in Detroit this that and the other. Did the Detroit Lions made the playoffs? Made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, twice, twice during his time in Detroit and failed to win a playoff game. He had Calvin Johnson for seven years and didn't do Jack Diddley squat with him. Now, I understand that Calvin Johnson is one player, but he's one of the best wide receivers that this game has seen in the 21st century thus far. And you, I mean, the, the least you could do, the least you could do is make the playoffs or at least be in contention. I mean, you go back and look at seasons where you had Matthew Stafford and uh, and Calvin Johnson as a wide receiver quarterback duo, they were they were out of they were out of they were out of contention. Come thanks, they were out of contention a week before Thanksgiving for crying out loud. I mean, I can't tell you how many Thanksgiving how many. I don't want I don't want to hear anyone to sit up here and say, well, well, you don't know you don't, well you don't know you don't watch you, you don't sit up here you you don't watch all the Lions games. I may not watch ev- all of every sixteen every every sixteen Lions games, but I but I tell you I tell you this much: the Lions games that I have seen in my life, whether they be playoff games, whether they be whether they be um whether they be the few and far between primetime games they would get on uh, on uh, on Thursday night uh, Thursday night Sunday night Monday night whatever the case might be whether they be Thanksgiving day games whether it be I understand their season was over anyway but when they got absolutely embarrassed and got ran out of the building by Brady and the Bucks uh by Brady and the Bucks the uh the day after Christmas back in December whatever it might be Matthew Stafford does not does not does not blow me away and 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 come across as, as a quarterback to, in my eyes as a as a quarterback that's going to get the uh the Rams over the top to lead them to a Super Bowl when they're, when they're playing in the same conference as uh as Tom as t- when they're playing in the same conference as Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers with a question mark, um, and um, and uh, what's it? And and I understand. I understand he's not he's not on that level. He's not on that level yet. But Dak Prescott. But but Dak Prescott as well. I'm I'm sorry. You're not you're not you're not going to con- you're not going to convince me of that. 
You're not you're not going to. He's got to go up against Brady, got to go up against Russell Wilson, got to go up against Kyler Murray, who who you would think would improve this season. It's not you're not going to convince me of that. I'm sorry. I and I and I understand that the, that the Rams have a good defense and the def and the defense part of which is what is what carried is what carried them to make it into the second round of the playoffs. I understand all that. And Aaron Donald, home nine yards. I and Jalen Ramsey. I get that. I get that. But at the but at the same time, you're going if you need if you you cannot expect to win championships without solid quarterback play. Now I'm not saying everybody has to have a Mahomes or a Brady or Josh Allen on their roster, but you, but you got to have solid solid, not out of this world, but solid quarterback play to to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think, in my estimation, in my eyes, that when the chips are down, that that uh, that that Matthew Stafford can make plays to get the Rams over the hump if they're playing, if they're either at home or on the road, whether it be at Raymond James in Tampa, at at Green Bay in the cold, uh, if if Aaron Rodgers indeed decides to come back, or uh, or or um. Or at San Francisco, or at San Francisco against Garoppolo and the 49ers, or at or at Arizona, or at Arizona against you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you know when when it's uh, when it's twenty when it's twenty seven twenty four, and the and the Rams have the ball with, let's say forty seconds left and uh, and one singular timeout, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that. That uh, Matthew Stafford with the starting with starting from their own twenty yard line, that Matthew Stafford is going to drive the Rams down the field, especially with no Cam Makers drive them down the field to to get into field goal range to tie the get to tie the game, and then if it goes into overtime, have him lead an offense down the field uninterrupted, not having to face a fourth down fourth down to get them to get them over the hump. You're going to have a hard time convincing me of that, and I understand that the Detroit Lions are happy franchise building since the 50s I, and I understand that they're a franchise that wasted that wasted careers of two generational talents in Calvin Johnson and in uh, Barry Sanders but for the love of God it wasn't like that throughout uh, Stafford's tenure there that they, that they didn't that they didn't put together a few a few competitive uh, a few competitive seasons when they were either in playoff contention or made the playoffs altogether. So they 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 so they're not the Cleveland Browns who went one and fifteen, one and fifteen, zero and sixteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, four and twelve, year after year after year after year after year. The Lions had a, had a few seasons, not many, and they were few and far in between. But they had a few seasons when they won, you know, nine when they won nine ten games and got into the playoffs as a wild card seed, or excuse me, as a wild card team. Few a, a, a few times, a few times made it into the playoffs. That uh, that year when they when they in two thousand and fourteen against the Cowboys, and twenty I think it was twenty sixteen when they played the Seahawks, and I think in two thousand ten the year after the uh, no one two thousand no one two thousand ten it was either twenty it was either twenty eleven or two it was either it had to was it twenty eleven let me check. When they when I lost the playoff game to the Saints in the Superdome, I mean, I mean, I you gotta have a hard time convincing me, convincing me 
that Matthew Stafford's going to be the that's going to be the quarterback that's going to get the 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 Rams over the top. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, there's the guy that that's that's looked at as as the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he hasn't and he hasn't done a freaking thing since he's been in the NFL. I care less about some dopey, stupid, asinine comeback that he led against the hapless Cleveland Browns in a game that nobody saw in 2009 with a separated shoulder. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And again, and you can't always go back and look at his numbers because because you have to and you and you have to you have to put the you have to put those numbers with a bit of an asterisk next to it because of the fact that again, Matthew Stafford, all you hear, he's one of the best fantasy football quarterbacks of all time. Why? Because of the fact that he has the tendency to put up that puts up numbers that may that may look good on a stat sheet, but if you watch the game and you say to yourself, "Well, that's numbers that he's putting up in garbage time because the game is far out of reach and he's just and he's compiling up his numbers because he's playing because his team stinks because of the fact he put his team in a position to stink and he's and he's making up for it by putting up good numbers and meaning and meaning playing meaningless second half, uh, playing meaningless second half football." He's he's been he's been to the Pro Bowl one time, one time. I his only accolades is comeback player of the year and one and one singular Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. I mean, it's a, I mean, come on. I mean, if you go, I mean, in the play, if you go back and look at the playoffs, that what okay, that was 2000, and that was 2011 against the Saints. And that 2011 Saint game, he was 28 of 43. Uh, threw for three eighty three touchdowns, two interceptions. I, all right, all right, fine. I grant you that. But two thousand fourteen against the two thousand fourteen against the Cowboys in the game, twenty eight for forty two, six sixty seven, three twenty three, a touchdown and an interception. I mean, I right, I mean, fine. But uh, twenty sixteen, uh, eighteen of thirty two, uh, fifty six for that. This was his work. That his last ever playoff game. He played for with the Lions against the Seahawks was his worst one. Had a 56% complete percentage, didn't throw a touchdown, didn't throw an interception, but threw for 205 and was very mad and subpar in the game. Again, I'm not saying that the Rams going to go winless and that they're going to miss the playoffs. They could make the playoffs as a wild card team, but they're only going to go but so far because of the fact that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback. And if you think that Matthew Stafford is going to take the Rams over the top, you need your head Examine you need a reality check because Matthew Stafford, in my estimation, is a court is a quarterback is a, is a quarterback on the uh, on the positive on the how old is he on the positive side of uh, on is on the, is a quarterback who's on a positive side of thirty who's uh, who you can make the argument better days are behind him instead of in front of him and you can also make the argument that he's a quarterback. That you know that could keep, that could wait that on a good team can win you some games and have you be a competitive uh, and have and have your team playing competitive football late in the season, but he has a very low ceiling. I mean, let me let me I mean I, I I'll I'll end this segment by by asking you this, and again I'm not and we'll leave my and we'll leave Mahomes and we'll leave Allen and we'll leave Lamar Jackson and all the AFC quarterbacks out of out of the uh, out of the equation. You have. And you have a, a game to win for your life. For your life. You take in, and we'll assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Packers come week one. For your life. You take in Matthew Stafford 
Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and I'll even throw in Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Wilson, Rodgers, Brady. You taking Matthew Stafford over any of those four quarterbacks? Wilson, top five, top ten, best quarterback in the sport. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl. And who's the fourth quarterback I named? Aaron Rodgers, the defending NFL uh, MVP from a season ago. You taking Matthew Stafford over any of those four guys I just named? If you do, you're nuts and you're... Either a, you're either a Matthew Stafford Homer, or or you need your or you need your brain donated to science once you die, because if you take Matthew Stafford over any of those four quarterbacks with a either a, a playoff game, game to win to get into the playoffs, Super Bowl, NFC Championship, you 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 pick you pick the uh, you pick the situation and the circumstance. You take Matthew Stafford over any of those four quarterbacks, you're nuts. Absolutely nuts. Take a break. Sound off on this vaccination foolishness in the NFL. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatel TIS podcast. Closing out the show with my uh, two cents on the NFL uh, laying down the law with the uh, with the unvaccinated players uh, who breached the uh, COVID protocols and everything. The NFL came down and said that they were going to fine unvaccinated players $14,650 for any violation of COVID-19 protocol and are laying down the, and laid down a law earlier this week uh, making the rules and rules and regulations abundantly clear on the on the uh, unvaccinated players that uh, that uh, breached COVID protocol, spread that virus through th- throughout their team's locker room like wildfire, and that the teams, and that teams uh, that are infected with COVID to the point where they can't play a game, they're not gonna pull. They're not gonna pull the nonsense that they pulled that they pulled last year. You know, pushing the. Uh, you know, playing a uh, playing the Cowboys Ravens Thursday night game on a Tuesday night, or no, was that was that either Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. That Steelers Ravens game that's supposed to be played on Thanksgiving night, they postponed it twice to where they had to play where they had to play that game on a Wednesday afternoon. They're not pulling. They're not going to pull the crap where um where the where the Bills Chiefs game. Had to be bumped from Thursday night football to uh, to a mon- to a Monday afternoon, the uh, when they had the Steelers Steelers and Washington, where that game was played on a, was played on a late Monday afternoon, Monday twilight in November. Not, they're not going to pull that crap again. They're not going to have to worry. They don't want to have to give money. They don't want to have to give money back to the fan base and have to it's, have to configure with scheduling with the TV networks and. All, and have to and they're not, they're not gonna they don't want to have to deal with that they don't have to worry about that they're they're the National Football League 
you know, the, the things for the most part, for the most part, have gotten back to have gotten back to normal. Vaccinations are out, not as high as they should be, but they're out in about sixty-ish percent of the American population. Uh, has gotten them. They need that number needs to be up, but still a, a little a little bit over half the country. I think last time I checked, um, that's that shows that uh, shows to be the case. But the NFL not going to worry about that. They're not going to have their bottom line. That's all the NFL cares about anyway. But but you know uh, this is one of those examples where the NFL caring about its bottom line uh, ends up uh, ends they end up uh, they end up. Uh, being uh they they end up being um can't find a word for it but they, but they end up doing but they end up uh i can't find the freaking words to it but they end up uh but they end up doing a good job of uh of looking out for the health and the be- they look looking out for the health and the well-being of the uh, of the people within their own league in the process you know you cannot explain you know you can this this is first of all this is my stance I think if you choose to be un, if you choose to not get the vaccine, it's the mo- it's the more idiotic, inane, dumbest, asinine decisions you can, decisions you can ever make in your freaking life. But the thing that really grinds my gears, and the thing that the NFL is going to draw the line at, is that if you don't want to get vaccinated, fine, it's your own personal decision. But you're not going to punish everybody else that that made the wise decision to get vaccinated and not going to punish them because of your own because of your own selfishness and your own uh, self-righteousness you're not going to do that you're not going to punish everybody else because of the fact that you took it upon yourself to be mr difficult and not get the and not get the vaccine and i think every single business not just the nfl but every single business should do that if the if a business if a league if a if a sports team if a private owned business whether they be small or fortune 500 company if they say look you're not coming into our building and you're not partaking in our place of business without proof that you've been vaccinated if they want to do that they have every single right to do so because they do not want to have to take the fall and be left holding the bag if if their entire if the entire people that work in that business ends up getting sick and 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 the majority of them are are are, are sick and bedridden with covid and god forbid a few of them have to have to sit in an ICU sitting in an ICU in a hospital with a tube going down their throat because because some germy because some germy jackrabbit decided to get in there and get everybody sick with covid not to mention the financial not to mention the fi- the financial Financial uh, issues that come with that because everybody gets sick. Everybody gets sick. People can't show up to work. People can't work. People can't make money. You can't make money. You can't pay. You can't pay the. You can't pay the bills. You can't pay the mortgage. And all of and all of a sudden we're, we're right back where we were uh, in 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 the spring of two th- in the spring of two thousand uh, in, in spring and summer of two thousand and twenty when the American economy went into the toilet. I mean, it's so again. So it's 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 a health. It's a health and wellness aspect of it, and it's also the economic aspect of it. Uh, now, now I don't want to hear the NFL necessarily cry poor when they just signed that humongous TV deal, and it wasn't like that. All the other sports they had their season suspended or canceled in any way. They still had a full season, albeit in in, the, in some in some, if not the majority of the ballparks with no fans. And they didn't have as big of uh, Super Bowl festivity, festivity 
injuries as they are accustomed to having, and they didn't have the Pro Bowl and everything else. I understand all that, but the NFL does not want to make it back-to-back years where they're quote-unquote losing money hand over fist because some idiot decided, because some idiot who chose not to get vaccinated gets everybody sick, spreads like wildfire, and we got to postpone and we got to postpone the NFL season for two weeks and shut every and shut everybody down and move games and 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 move games and having them play in weekdays, playing weekday games and all the and all this other funky stuff and have to worry about. Uh, and have to worry about refunds with tickets and all. It just becomes a huge mess. And then the networks that have program that you know the Fox and the Fox, NBC, CBS that have programming that they want that they want to put on during uh during uh during the afternoons and during the and during the evenings during the fall and winter time. You, you know they got they got to readjust their schedule with that because they got to because they got to put the game on because or else or you know because because they're owed the game because. They pay for the rights to get the game, so they need to put the game on, and then they have to reconfigure their schedule, and they don't have they don't want to have to deal with that and all the headaches and all of the and all of the nagging and all the and all just all the the the, the garbage that they that they would have to deal with and put up with if they if they had to deal with moving games and canceling games and everything else not to mention it gets a little bit more extra murky as far as this as far as the added 17th game is concerned they don't want to have to deal with that and they and to be honest they shouldn't have to the solution the solution and the cure is there that's to get vaccinated and i don't want to hear all these other idiots that you know that apparently are, are they're either stupid or they don't read well well you can get sick and still get infected with COVID if you're vaccin- vaccinated. As if, as if saying it as if it's it's to point out a flaw in the vaccination. Hey, Joe Jerkoff. Yeah, no kidding. You're, yeah, no. Yeah, newsflash. If you get vaccinated, you can still test COVID positive, a la Chris Paul. Yes, no kidding. But, but if you test po- but if you test positive with COVID and you are and you are vaccinated, a a, you're not gonna die from it and and spend your and spend your last days in a hospital in an ICU in a hospital bed with a tube going down your throat. That's the first thing. Second thing is your system your symptoms won't be that severe. And thir- and thirdly, as far as the COVID protocols are concerned, you won't be in COVID protocols as long as someone who who is not vaccinated who does test COVID positive. I I think I'm not positive and I'm not a doctor, and you all should look this up and fact check me if I'm wrong. But I believe if you test COVID positive, if you test COVID positive, your time in the COVID protocols, at least when it comes to in the sports world, that your time in COVID protocol just spend. I think if you are vaccinated, about about a week. About a week. You're not if you're not vaccinated. It's two weeks and maybe even more. So it's so it's it's just better if if you do that. Not to mention who in the world. I don't understand the logic out of humanity as a whole. A who a who wants to get who a who wants to risk the chance of getting sick that badly and B get if you get sick who wants to, who wants to spread it and and make it become a whole song and dance and a whole thing where every where everyone is 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 walking around coughing sneezing body and and and, and sicking under the weather and not feeling like themselves like I I've never understood that I've never I've never understood that it it makes no literal sense to me. It doesn't. 
and for the and for the and for the Jalen Ramseys and the, for the Jalen Ramseys, the Cole Beasleys, the uh, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world, they have a problem with it. Well, to be quite honest with you, I don't care what you want, and quite frankly, NFL doesn't care either. Y'all can go to hell. I mean, my goodness gracious, it, it, it's it's a clear, obvious choice. Get the freaking vaccine. It's not that difficult, guys. And if you're so hell bent for whatever inane reason about you not wanting to get it, then you then you, then you then you have a simple choice: be as smart and be as cautious and be as careful as you possibly can. That means masks on. That means physical distancing. That means that when you go out on the road, you don't hit up the strip clubs without a mask on and go to all these dopey parties and these gatherings and these events. You sit your high parts in your hotel room like a hermit. You order room service and you eat food and you don't go out to eat at a rest. And you don't go out to eat at a restaurant. You sit your happy hips. You sit your happy hips in your hotel bed and you eat your little room service. Then you be as careful as you possibly can. But you, but your, but your own personal decision not get vaccinated. You shouldn't have to. You, everybody else shouldn't have to be punished, including the ones that that were smart about it and were healthy about it and decided to get vaccinated. You don't know. No, stop. A, that's that's garbage and it's and it's totally selfish, and totally self-centered and, and being self-absorbed. Please, and I, all that Lord does that bother me, bothers me. Why should a person that went out to get this that went out to get the shot have to suffer because of somebody else's piss poor selfish self absorbed decisions? They shouldn't. It's garbage. It's garbage. So and again, actions have consequences. You don't get to, you, and you don't get to play both sides of the coin. You and I said the same thing when I screamed at the other top of my lungs about Morgan about uh. I think it was Morgan Moses, and then of course uh, Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs. You don't get to play both sides of the coin. You don't. You don't get to choose not to get vaccinated, and then think that the that the rules for the unvaccinated people don't apply to you, and think that you can just pick and choose and do whatever you want, and think that the rules for the vaccinated uh, people applies to you when you're not vaccinated. Life don't work that way, Hoss. That's not how the real world works. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't work that way. Unvac- the CDC made it perfectly clear. Unvaccinated people have these amount of, of COVID protocols they got to abide by. The vaccinated people have certain protocols and rules that they can abide by and, and certain freedoms that they, that they do get to have back that they, that they didn't have this time last year. You don't get to say, hey, I'm not vaccinated, but I'm going to walk around all over, but I'm going to walk around amongst the earth and in the public without a mask on, not distant, not distance themselves from other people, pile on top of people, especially, especially when they got these, when they got these, with they got these Delta variants floating around all over the place. So please. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. A bunch of a bunch of idiot dopes, whether it be these whether it be these football players or these idiots on social media. I'm so sick and I'm so sick and tired of the, of the garbage and the nonsense. It is not that difficult, guys. Get the shot; you'll be better off for it. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people that are sitting up there and uh, that are sitting up in the ICUs and they're literally and they're literally they were they were hell bent on not getting that vaccine. And then all of a sudden they have a come to Jesus moment. They find religion and they're like, all right, well, COVID's a big deal. I should have worn my mask, 
Where's my vaccination? And these people in the hospital got to sit up and tell them. I mean, it's it's rough, but it's but it's it's a hard truth that 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 they learn, and when they learn it, it's too late. They can't get it. You're too far gone. I mean, let it be. Let it. Let it. Let one of these players that are against the the Dak Prescotts. Let it be. Let it be their. What? Let it be their brother. Their family. Let it be somebody close to them that perishes because because of COVID. And I do not want to hear for the last freaking time that that well healthy people don't have to worry about nonsense. Uh, there was a five year. There was a five year old kid that I read earlier in the news that died because of COVID. You know, I mean, Jason Tatum caught COVID. He's a professional athlete, trains who is in who is in better physical shape. Th- who's in better physical shape than probably half the people that are on social media moaning and groaning about the vaccine. And he and he has to and he has to have a freaking inhaler because his lungs are compromised. Just because you're healthy, that is that isn't necess- that isn't a guarantee that if you catch COVID, it's gonna be it's gonna go down like the like like your common cold, and you'll be good in a few days and not have to deal with any uh with any uh with any ailments after the fact. You don't know how it's gonna affect you, your heart, your brain, your lungs. You don't know. So why so why not just play it safe and swallow your pride and bite the bullet and take the freaking vaccine? But then we sit up on your on your deathbed, uh, taking your last breaths, about to die, when you can't do anything. Now all of a sudden you find you find Jesus, and you realize that 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 you were wrong, and you should have done the latter. Give me a break. I mean, just because you, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. Whether whether you whether you be a young kid or a young adult with a hackney with a healthy and active lifestyle or you're fat and obese, it's no guarantee. So why risk it? It's just, it's just so stupid. It really it really really is. It's so stupid. It re- it, re- it really is. It's dumb. And any reasoning that they it's completely asinine. Whether they don't like needles. I mean, these are football players that literally will 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 shoot themselves up with quarter zone shots or any other shots that the team trainer or the team doctor or their own doctor will give them so they can go out there and and compete for their teams every single Sunday. Yet when it comes to getting a shot that could end up saving their lives. And making sure that th- that when they're in their sixties, seventies, and eighties, they're 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 not living they're not living in their own little personal hell. They take a pass. I mean, give me a break. And again, these are also the same football players that 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 that, that have tattoos all up and down their bodies. You know how you get them tattoos through needles. And I don't know. I'm not an expert on it, but I think. That 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 there are some certain diseases and certain uh, and certain many of uh, bad side effects that you may get later on in life when you get those freaking tattoos. All that ink going, all that ink and color and chemicals going into your skin and going into your bloodstream. 
yet yet they'll get yet they'll yet they'll yet they'll move heaven and earth to get to a freaking tattoo parlor. But when it comes to something that can save their life, no, nah, I'm gonna take a pass. Oh my goodness gracious, you can't take it. I mean, I mean, you can't take and then and then these players and then these players wonder why now they're now I come to their defense with this, but then they but then these players complain and moan and groan and go nuts when 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 the, when the average Joe doesn't want doesn't want to hear their doesn't want to hear players talk about anything outside of football. Well, well, I I mean I'm not in agreement with it, but I can I can sort of kind of understand why. Because then they spew. Because then they spew. Because then they open their mouth and it comes to this vaccine stuff, and they look like and they look like an a ear a, a rear a east end of a westbound horse. Don't when it comes to the vaccine, they open up their mouth and then they sound like a complete and utter idiot. I mean, I mean, to the point you sit up here and ask them. I mean, hell, did y'all go to class when you were in college? What what were your grades in high school and middle school when you took science? Half of them probably probably flunked the freaking course anyway. I mean, pe- I mean, people that that failed their their sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade science classes flunked and failed out of phys- physics and chemistry. All of a sudden, think all of a sudden think that they're a uh, all of a sudden think that they're Mister Physician of the Year sitting up here giving medical advice. On their on their dopey little YouTube page, their stupid Twitter page, or something that they read on on Reddit. I mean, give me a freaking break! You're not a doctor. You know, unless you actually work in the medical, you have no right, no right. And what I'm speaking of is, is what I is what I've read and what I've been and what I've been told by experts in the field. Okay. So stop, please. And I'm and I don't want to hear the Dak Prescott excuse. Well, it's a HIPAA violation if you ask me. If you ask me if I'm vaccinated, that's not exactly important. Oh, you, you you bet you bet on you bet on on your brother's grave. It's important, Dak. I mean, suppose he gets sick. Suppose he gets sick and the Cowboys are in a playoff hunt and in the playoff push in the late season, whether it be Thanksgiving, December, you pick, they're in a playoff push late in the season. He ends up getting sick and has to miss and has to miss some time and the and the and the and the, and the, and the Dallas Cowboys have to have to throw out have to throw up some no name backup off the practice squad and they miss the playoffs. You, you, I mean, I I'm not sure about you, but I think it, I think it's pretty important. Then your health is compromised, so your whole team has to suffer, and they can't and they can't win games because their star quarterback, who 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 they who just who just signed a, a contract extension, can't play because he's sick. It's important then. Can't, he can't can't play because he because he's sick with COVID and 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 the and the cow and the Cowboys in Washington are neck and neck and at the, uh, at the at the top of the NFC East and the Cowboys miss miss the and the Cowboys miss the playoffs altogether don't win the division Washington does what and Washington does or they have to play a road playoff game instead of a home playoff game because De- because Dak Prescott missed some time and got sick with COVID I bet you it'll be important then. 
or Christ forbid, or Christ forbid, he 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 has to he has to he has to go twelve rounds with COVID in the hospital. I bet you'll be important then. God, I I'm I'm so sick of this. A bunch of pri a bunch of privileged, pampered million dollar athletes moaning and groaning because because the because the NFL doesn't want their season hijacked because they have a bunch of COVID outbreaks on their hands. Yeah, NFL's a private league; they can do whatever they want. And if you got a problem with it, retire and quit today. Give give them them give them the money back and quit and retire today. Give it up. If if it's such a big deal, give it up. Quit. Retire today. DeAndre Hopkins, retire today. They're doing it. For, I mean, they're doing it because they want to make money. But in the process, they're doing it for your benefit. Because the NFL also doesn't want to be held liable and be and and be looked at as the league whose whose player amongst their league got sick and died with COVID. As if the NFL doesn't get enough bad PR as it is, they don't want to be held liable as a league who had a player in in their in their in their early mid twenties, healthy whole nine yards, die of COVID. They don't want that and they don't need that on their hands. I mean, I'm simply reading re read the news. They got a Lambda variant in Texas. New variant of COVID detected in Texas a few days ago. Lambda variant, whatever it's called. And I got to hear Dak Prescott moan and groan. Ah, I don't want to get vaccinated. And you ask me vaccinated, that's a HIPAA violation. Shut up. My God Almighty! These, these these football players are so out of touch with reality. It's ridiculous. Get a clue and get a grip, because you could be worse off. You could be one of these countries that's festing with COVID all over the place, and you'd still be locked up in the house. You would be you wouldn't be having a training camp for a football season. Get a clue, guys. Take it for your own good. Quit falling for the false information and the fake news and all the garbage crap that you see on from these from these in from these incels on the internet. Do a little work, do a little research, ask a doctor for once in your lives. You ask about you ask a doctor for everything else known to man. Ask them their opinion on this. And take the vaccine before it's too late. And if you're that put off by it, quit today. Give the NFL their check back. Because they don't want to be held liable and want to have to scramble to make up games because some player was, was stubborn, stubborn, stubborn and boneheaded and didn't want to get vaccinated. They don't want to have to deal with that. The cure is there. Take it and take advantage of it. It's ridiculous. And if Dak Prescott used, used this freaking noodle, he would know asking someone if they're vaccinated is not a HIPAA violation. You clown. God.
it makes you sick. Makes you sick. Here it is, over half a million, half a million, a little over half a million people have died just in this country alone because of the virus. You were locked up in your house for for a better part of a, of, a, of a year. Didn't have a vaccine for it until a few until a, about six months ago or so. A little a little less than that. Millions of people out of work. Not every country around the world is is out of, is out of the woods with this thing yet. And these NFL players, they get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Can't be bothered to get a vaccine. Or or, or are so out of touch with reality that they don't think actions that actions don't have consequences. Actions have consequences, folks. Okay, you you, you, you don't you know, you don't get to choose to do something and then think that the rules don't that rules or regulations or policies don't apply to you because they do. Get get your head out of the sand and wake up and welcome to the real world. I mean, my um, it's it's it's, it's so tough to it's so tough to take it. And makes you vomit. It makes you vomit. I mean, do do you think any you think any family member any friend that 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 knew someone that was part of that that over six hundred thousand people that is that have died from COVID thus far. You, you you think that they you think they would have given up, especially the ones who perished before the vaccine uh, before the vaccine uh, came out uh, this uh, earlier this year. You think that you think that they would you think they'd stick a needle in their arm in a heartbeat to to save their family members who died, or 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 their friends or someone that they knew and loved and cherished. You you think you you think they you think they'd stick you think they'd stick the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine in their arm if it meant. That they, that they that they would live to see another day uh, after their bout with COVID. I mean, get a grip, guys, will you please? And again, if you, you 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 forfeit. And again, teams don't want and teams. I mean, your decisions don't just affect you; it affects other people. The NFL don't want to have to deal with scrambling to make up these games and worry about and worry about refunds and everything else and and and, and scheduling times with the TV networks and everything else. And 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 the teams themselves, whether it be the GMs or the coaches, whatever, they don't want to have to sit up here and scramble and change up game plans and call players up from the practice squad. And they have to deal with any of that nonsense because of, because a player was stupid and ended up getting and and, and and foolish and careless and ended up getting sick to the point where they have to miss longer time with COVID than than one who gets infected and is not vaccinated. And you can still and and newsflash idiots, you can still test positive with COVID and have and have absolutely nothing wrong with you. So you rather if 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 a team that is ninety ninety five percent vaccinated and someone who is vaccinated ends up get, ends up testing positive, you know they'll 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 be, they'll be missing for a couple of days. But if they're asymptomatic, odds are they're going to be all right, and they won't miss that much time than someone who who does test positive for COVID is not vaccinated and has to miss at the minimum two weeks. Not to mention you take the risk of them being, God forbid deathly ill I just 
I, I, I do not understand it. I really, really don't. Anyway, that's our show. On this Saturday, May the 24th, a feisty, fiery ending to a decent show today. We'll talk to you all on Wednesday. If you like what you heard, new to the program, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it is. It's your boy Josh Shields. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Y'all have a good weekend. Y'all take care.